Amen. So would you just grab your Bible and turn with me um, to John 17. Let's go there. <laughs> People get afraid. I, I love it when we have guest pastors and then they don't know what just happened. What is going on here? Is that your favorite scripture? Is this church? What's going on here? Excited for the word. Hey, Gerard, we love you, brother. Lekker, lekker. So, I think we're, we're this, like we did the cycling on the, on Friday, and you have timed in some moments when me and Adele would just go quiet, and you finish talking now, you've been so long on the bike, and you're just, you're just sitting there cycling, and you start meditating on the Word, and meditating on God, and um. And there's been something that's been really on my heart um, that I've been listening to and looking at all the different sermons through the year. And I realize God's been speaking more than any other year. God's been really speaking to us. And, and we've got to hear what he has to say because what he's saying is what we're going to need for the next season. He, he prepares you. He equips you. You know, uh, Second Peter talks about that God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We have the Holy Spirit, but we live from the Word. We live from what He, he deposits in us so that we can, whatever the season is, I've got Word for that season. God gave us Word for 2020, so for seven years, God said, I'm establishing a vision. I'm establishing a vision. So we had all over the boards, we had it on t-shirts, vision 2020, not knowing what 2020 would look like. So when we got there, we're like, oh, Lord, we didn't expect it to look like this. We had a different view, but now we have word. And so we've been praying for this year. So if we've been praying so much for this year, then God will take us through. And so things happened and went through. But I realized God's taking us again in a place where he's getting us to relook at what we believe. He's getting us to mature. He's getting us to, to grow. There's, a, there's more to what is being said, more to what is being done. It's more from the heart of God than any other time in history. Than any other time in history. But there is definitely too much information. It's, it's like we're, we get flooded with sermons. All of and amazing guys, none of this bad, none of this wrong. I'm not knocking people. I'm literally just saying there's so much that we get to a place where it just, it's overwhelming. And we just go numb. So when somebody says Jesus loves you, I've heard it so many times, it's almost like, Allahuchanet. Allahuchanet really doesn't want to know Huchanet. It's not some Huchanet. How's it going? If somebody starts telling you, it's like, I didn't want to go that deep. I want to hear it going good or it going so, and I say, I'm for you, brother. Like a dog. And then forget to come to bed. Come on, that's us. You can just pull up the mask. <laughs> yeah. Did you already pastor gebeld that word? Now, come on, this. When we hear certain lingo, we hear certain stuff, it becomes just so much. Our, our ears are numb to it. We, our hearts are numb to it because it's, it's, it's a lot. It's just so much. But I believe that through that, we've got to get to a place where we're, this is what I want to get to, where we, we shake off some of the things and get to the core. Where we strip it off and go, what's the core of what this is? What's the purpose? What's God doing? What is that that he wants? And grow towards that direction. 
so that that will grow. So we're, we're, we're focusing on Jesus. That's what I want to get to. I just realized that there's a lot of people that go to church but never find out who Jesus truly is. And I'm not, I'm not knocking any person. I'm not knocking a denomination. I'm not knocking any. I'm not mentioning names. I'm, not, I'm just saying right throughout the world, people go into church and they think that just because we're in church, we're saved. Just because we're in church and we're hearing sermons, we go like, wow, that was a nice sermon, but we don't remember what was preached last Sunday. We don't remember what was said that way or that prophetic word or that thing. And so it becomes just this numb, numb thing, but there's no relationship with God. There's no truly knowing Jesus. And that's why John 17, I want to start out of that, and then we'll go there. Jesus is praying for you, okay? This is praying in verse 20. He said, I do not pray for these alone, but for also for those who will believe in me through their word. Say, that's me. That they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. What is, what is Jesus praying for? He's praying that you will become one with God. As much as God was in Jesus and Jesus in God, that they will be in you and you in them. That's a deep intimacy. That's a position. That's a, a place of authority. That's a, a deep place of love. He goes on to pray further down. He says, um, Father, I, my desire that they, um, verse 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me, may be with me where I am, and that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, um, for you love me before the foundation of the world. Verse uh, 23, I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. How much does God love you? As much as he loved Jesus. <laughs> How much does God love you? As much as he loves Jesus. You're not going to get there. You're not going to work up and one day get there. It's now. He loves you that much now. But God revealed it through who? Jesus. So we have a lot of time we come into, come into church. We follow a certain bunch of stuff. We get, and here's the thing that happens. We get saved and then we get stuck. So it becomes a system. I'm saved, but I'm popping into church. Maybe every now and again, just read the word. Maybe I go every now and when it's trouble, I kind of read the word, pick out a scripture. Go and hang yourself. Sure, that's a rough scripture. Let's go another one. Go therefore and hurry. <laughs> Do the same. What are, you, what are you doing? You're not spending time in the Word. You don't know the Word. Jesus is the Word. The Word is Jesus. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus is a person. A person. Uh, a person. Jesus is a person. It's the Rugby World Cup. It's French. You know, we're going to just a person. I've got no idea why they came from. <laughs> it's, so, it's so much more than just showing up in church. And then we find lingo and we go through that and then we're, we've got all the systems and the stuff and we lose the person. 
Jesus is a person. It's not this building. It's not the people. It's not, all that stuff is important. But there is one who I know. His name is Jesus. He's a person. He was alive. He was born. He was dead. Over 300 prophecies right throughout the Old Testament, 360 prophecies of him. Everything God revealed in the Old Testament showed one thing. Jesus. Every time he showed up and revealed something about himself, he revealed Jesus. Ezekiel has a vision, he sees Jesus. David has a vision, he sees Jesus. Moses has a vision, he sees Jesus. Elijah has a vision, he sees Jesus. Every, every one of them, every time they get an encounter with God, he points to Jesus. We know God had different things go in between, but even in that moment, he's pointing to a Savior. Even when judgment comes, he's saying, you don't deserve this. You need a Savior. You fall short. You need a Savior. You can't do it on your own. You need a Savior. Go into the house. Smear blood on the doors. Savior. Put a lamb, sacrifice a lamb, an innocent lamb. Savior. All he does, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then comes the New Testament, and all they do is they preach Jesus and him crucified. Resurrection. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Wherever they go, they get killed. And as they're killing, deny Jesus. I will never deny Jesus. We'll kill you. Why? Hey, if this was all a lie, if there was no Jesus involved, don't you think if you're getting murdered, you would stop telling a lie? If you get persecuted for that? The church just pushed, Jesus, 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 Jesus. It grew across the world, Jesus, Jesus. And then we, somewhere along the line, I think the church got lost, not Jesus, but us. I, I want to kind of do an SABC moment here. You know, SABC ad break. Let's do, just jump out, of the, jump out of the DSTV into SABC here quickly. I haven't watched SABC in such a long time. I don't know if they still have ads. But anyway, back in the day, see you in the lawn. Ad break. Boom, let's with this in it. So let's just jump out of here. The problem is, is a lot of churches, a lot of, not a, lot, a lot of Christians are running after prophets instead of after Jesus. They've got no relationship with the person Jesus. They just want to hear from a prophet. So when, no matter who the prophet is, I don't care. I just want to be seen. So that doctor, I can keep the royster rock on for my liver. I got the bigger, I've never worn a hat to church, but that Sunday, hat, man, you blow my stick next to your eight, bro. The, the flowers, I'm just like, the prophet's got to see me. Hey, hey, except for The door's not even open yet. I'm there, bro. My prophet, I go some of my Bible up his seat where the onion can sit. Chuck the Bible, like, that's my seat, that's my seat. And now you're right in front. Now you don't get a word. It's a problem, yeah. It's a problem, yeah. There's no word. No word was given to me. This prophet's wrong. Let's look for another one. Facebook, prophet, hashtag prophet. He's high, bro. Nigeria, Ichatos, That one can tell me what color my underwear is. I'll go there. Yeah. Just, I'm sorry. It's, I'm still in the ad, okay? I'll jump back now to the main attraction. Is there something wrong with prophets? No. The problem is with the church is that we've, fought, we've got superstars. We've got these superstars with their bodyguards. Yeah. <laughs> when God has called you all to be superstars, when there's one person who is the superstar of all, his name is Jesus. It's the center is Jesus. It's all Jesus. 
And we've made it about other things, the way we talk, the way we think. No wonder people can't relate to us because we've got our own lingo. It's like when you take children, as we become a bubble, right? Just us. It's like when you take your children on a trip. When you get in the car, it's fantastic. They're angels. But by the time you get to Johannesburg, you have demons, because they're stuck inside the car. In the beginning, they were friends. Halfway through, somebody did something in the back seat, and we don't know what happened. Now he's saying, yay, I hate you. I hate you. This is it. They're fighting. They're fighting. Why, why are they fighting? Now they're up and down, and they're like, oh, it's fun. The next moment, things are coming out of their mouth like projectiles. and shooting you behind your head. It's chaos inside that car. Okay, none of you, nobody's like, none of you have traveled that far, or, or you fly there, you, you upper class. Eh? <laughs> but if the context is, what, why is that that way in the car? Because you're stuck in a bubble. But outside the car, they can run, they can get rid of their energy, there's vision, there's focus. The problem with the church is we've lost focus, so we're included. Now we're like, you're sitting on my seat. Hey, hey, didn't you see? I've been sitting there for six months, bro. Six months, that's my seat. How, that, that corner. Now you sit on my corner. In exclamatory car. Finished, I'm leaving. Uh, listen, you think that, we, sometimes people think that's not happened. That's happened. You guys don't sing enough Afrikaans in that church. I'm done. We sing too much Afrikaans in that church. Or you don't have this. Or you don't have, why are we, we're like, we're like kids on a, on a, we're not mature. Maturity goes, hey, there's a destination. I'm not stuck in the, in this transition. I'm getting to the destination. Why? Because I'm, my focus is Jesus. So I don't get offended with stuff like that. I forgive. He's like, take my seat. It's okay. I'll sit. Yeah. Oh, there's no space in church today. I'll sit on the floor. I'm that hungry for Jesus. I'm that desiring to know Jesus more. It's got nothing to do with the people. Oh, there's no coffee. Oh, the coffee's too expensive. Oh, the coffee's weird. Oh, this thing is this. And I don't need milk. If I was, if I was almond milk. Is this church not forward? Like, is it progressive enough? It's not a progressive church. They should be selling vegan food here. Yeah? And they're selling curry and rice. Satan. <laughs> need to be healthy. You guys are praying for healing, but you're not healthy enough. I believe in health, but I believe in healing more. Because you can be as healthy as you like. If, if sickness come drops at your door, you're the healthiest person. It can still come. I can say, oh, but then I'm relying on my health and not on Jesus. I think we're, we're connected to emotion and not Jesus. My, if I'm connected to emotion, then my emotion can be, when it's up here, yes, I'm flying, man. Here is good. God is good. But when my emotion's down there, I'm dead, man. But if I, if I anchor that in Jesus, who's a person, remember the, just jump the ad break, let's go prophetic word, the prophetic, I'm connected to the prophetic. Then when I have great prophetic word, it's awesome, but I go from, if it's my third conference and I still did not get a word, then, my, then it's down here. 
Because now has God forgotten about me? The prophet doesn't see me. When I was a kid, every prophet that came to our house had a prophetic word for me. Every prophet. So then it became like, yesterday, this is awesome. This is phenomenal. And then God stopped giving me prophetic words. And then I wasn't the pastor's son when I was in certain groups. And, then I, and, and you know what happened? The first moment I was not recognized or faffed over as a teenager when I left that. The first moment I wasn't the pastor's son who, who was the, the, the drummer of the church, who was all of that different things. The first moment I got into a place where other people were better drummers than me. Hmm. Where I wasn't faffed over and then I went from the, the stage to the soundboard. You know what I did? I started smoking weed. I would come to, I would just rebel against everything. Hey, let me just quit a bit of my testimony. I used to come to church with a, with a beer in this pocket and a beer in this pocket and straws running up the side of my jacket. Then I would sit at the sound desk sipping my beers. Just, I just tried to see if I can get away with it. Stout, man, stout. Because I, I wanted to rebel. You see the kids in the car? I find that, <laughs> Percy, love it. You find that when we're, our emotion is, or our faith, our heart is connected to an emotion, to a thing. When the prophetic is good and everybody loves you, you're there. But when it's not there anymore, suddenly I'm down here and I'm lost. And he has to run away from it until it got to a place where God said, hey, you need to know me. I went looking. I went looking to see what is real sitting there in the Buddhist temple in front of Buddha. And they got these wooden frogs on the side that they hit. I said, this is the most boring praise and worship I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> They're hitting the frog for sound. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know about this. At that stage, I had long hair. And I was looking at the guys, all the hair off. And I'm like, this, this is, I don't know if that's going to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And I was sitting there. And you know who shows up with Buddha? Jesus. And Jesus, the person. Not the feeling, not the building, not the song, not the thing. The one who touched my life when I was three years old. The one who showed up when I was 16. The one who's always been the person Jesus sat next to me, next to Buddha. And I'm like, what are you doing here? This is Buddha. This is supposed to be what I was taught, an unholy place. God doesn't go there with you. You that have been in church long enough, you remember that story? If you go in through that door, Jesus stays outside. Jesus is inside. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Because he's a, he's a person. He's a person. Go with me to Revelation chapter 2. Let's jump there. This is me. It's getting really hot in here. It's probably just me just running around. I won't make it cold for you. Don't worry. <laughs> Revelation chapter 2. I'm in Ephesians. What am I doing there? Revelation chapter 2. And we're going to read you verse 1. 
sorry. It said, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things say he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven gold lampstands. I know your words, your works, your labor, your patience, and that you, uh, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. Listen, what he, isn't this amazing stuff that's happening in this church? He says, he says I know your works. God's saying, I know your works. I know your labor. I know that you're patient. Yes, I've seen good things here, right? Patient church. Some stuff happening. It's awesome. He said, and you have um, persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Yo, that's good, eh? You have not, and they have not fainted. This church has got patience. They're doing things for God. They're, they're, they're not grown weary. But God has something to say. He says, nevertheless, verse 4, I have this against you, that you have left or forsaken your first love. The one thing you're missing out, you're doing all the things that are great, you're being all of that, but one thing you're missing, your first love. Do you love Jesus? What, is, what did Jesus say to Peter after he gets off the boat and he walks onto the sand? Jesus made him breakfast. That's why I know Jesus loves breakfast. Jesus made breakfast. Fish and chips for breakfast. I don't know this. He's sitting there and he walks up and he asks Peter, do you love me? What did Peter do three times? He denied Jesus. What did Jesus ask him three times? So how did he restore him? Do you love me? Me. Do you love me? Of course I do. Ask him again. Do you love me? What does he restore? Love restores. But love's not focused on where you're at. Love is focused on the one that did it all. Jesus. The person. Who's he? Do you love me? The person. Go with me to John chapter 1. I'm going to read two scriptures and we're going to end. John chapter 1. Verse 11 said, He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received, what? Him. As many as what? As many as received him. To them, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. As many as what? Received him. The person. Jesus. That's the one that's the key. As many as received him, he gave them to be the right to be called children of God. You can sit in church as much as you like. Back in the days, you say, if you were born in a garage, that doesn't mean you're a car. Just because you got born into church doesn't make you a Christian. It's a simple thing, but it's so profound because we're still stuck in that place where, where there's no maturity. Listen, there's a, there's a real anticip anticipation from us for our baby girl to come. I love sharing stuff that's real to me, right? There's just every moment of every part of this journey is just phenomenal. We can't wait. Can't wait for her to be born. 
But I do not want her just as a baby. I want her to grow up, to mature, to live a full life, to full potential and what she's got. God is not interested in just creating little babies and getting you saved. And you just stay saved, but you never grow. So we're saved and immature. And so we get stuck in that place. And we lose focus from the one who birthed us, Jesus Christ. And so we get busy with all these things instead of maturing. Growing out of things, maturing, knowing, developing, knowing who he is. Because if I know him, I know his heart. And he has my heart. Let's go me to Hebrews. Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1 verse 1. God, who in various times and in various ways spoke in, in time past. Say they were past. To the fathers by what? The prophets. So just my ad break. Prophets are amazing. I have a prophetic gift in my life. I have all that. I've been prof the prophetic upon my life. Those things. But prophets don't lead you. Christ leads you. Don't get stuck with a prophetic word when God is the one who fulfills the prophetic word. Don't follow after prophets. Follow after Jesus. I want to hear his voice more than I want to hear a prophet's voice. Prophet's voice is awesome. There's a prophetic in it, but it's in balance to the one that we follow, only Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. He's the key. He's the one. He's the one I want to know more and more and more and more. And after 20 years in ministry and after the majority of my life growing up, in church, I want to know Jesus more. More than yesterday. More than what? More even today. Past, tomorrow. Lord, more of you. It's not about a mic. It's not about a ministry. It's not about any. Lord, if you take it all away, I still follow you because you're the key. You're the person. And what he says, he didn't, God doesn't speak through prophets. I mean, he talks about this in revealing. He says, has in the last day spoken to us by his son, who is appointed the heir, the, the, sorry, the heir of all things, whom also he made the world. How does he speak? Through his son. So here, for those who want to just, another little side break. If it doesn't reveal Jesus... It's not God. And if Jesus doesn't reveal the Father, it's not God. So whatever you're reading or whatever you're listening to, if God and Jesus, if it's not that, if it's not revealing the cross, because that's what God spoke through, then stop listening to it. Stop reposting it. Stop going through it. If it, if it puts you as the focus, how much better you need to become? It's not Jesus. Because Jesus did it for me, my focus is him. I can't do it. I can't achieve it. Yes, by works, I step into it. But Jesus is the author and finisher of my faith. It's by his faith, his, faith, his strength that I live. Because if it's me, listen, I grew up in church. I tried everything that you probably could think of to try and get me to be a better Christian. I climbed every ladder, opened every door, and every seven, you know all the ones, seven keys, seven steps, seven doors, you know all those sermons? Sometimes you just need to find the keys and the doors and make them all, and then find the steps behind the doors, and then the whole thing would work. I even heard of ropes, man, I'd climb a rope, I'd climb a tree, I'd climb a whatever I did. I tried everything. When people were fasting, I fasted until I couldn't fast anymore. And all I felt afterward was hungry. 
Maybe a little angry. <laughs> Was fasting wrong? No. But that doesn't make me, that doesn't get me closer to God. Yes, it opens my ears, but it doesn't, it's not the deeds. It's Jesus. He's the key. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one that reveals the Father. We, we get stuck with the things that we think make us spiritual. And then every, you know what happens? Then the Holy Spirit comes and just shakes that off. It says, this is not me. As one pastor said, through his life, he's just worn jackets. And then he, he would, the jackets of denominations or of church or structure. So when he got saved in the Pentecostal movement, he wore the jacket of the Pentecost. So, I'll fly away, oh glory. I grew up in that church, I can joke, okay? I'm not joking, but you come on, let's stick with me. Then, then I became a charismaniac. <laughs> then it's name it, claim it, frame it, broer. Alles moet geneem en claim word. In the name of Jesus, I claim that Ferrari. I claim that Ferrari. I claim that Ferrari. And I claim Ferrari. That's all a Ferrari. <laughs> I said, it doesn't park by my house. It just goes past my house. Come on, and every little thing that's got to do with that. Are there, are there power in name and claim? Yes. Is there power in our fly away? Glory? Yes. Is there power in the Holy Ghost? But I got covered in it because I thought that was the way I should look. I went to Raymer Bible College, and so the main guy I was watching was Kenneth Hagen. And so then you start preaching like, you start wanting to look like him. So when he, he walks, Papa Hagen. Yeah, my mark is the claim. My stomach's too small for him. But, so you, you start finding, then you find these people start to try and look like the pastor or they become that. And so they find that, that movement or in that Bible school, we had to wear ties and I had to, I had to put plasters over my ears to hide my earrings when I went to Bible schools. It wasn't allowed at Bible school. So the chaikis was not here, but So then I started shooting in more earrings and holes and stuff. And so my yellow word was replaced there. And the lecturer asked, like, were you in an accident? <laughs> I had a few things I wanted to say. It's like, yeah, it happened in the parlor. <laughs> With the right tie. And then it was uh, the ties that were in at that stage back in the day was the, the cartoon ties. Thank you, Jesus, that it died. <laughs> and, to, and it's Mickey Mouse and it's Donald Duck and you got and all the stuff. And then you got to speak serious. And then I got my first opportunity to preach. No, moonbags are still okay, man. Come on, stop it. <laughs> hey, Crocs are back in. I never thought in my life that would happen. But we see miracles every day. <laughs> I'm even considering it. So my sister wants to kill me. <laughs> but anyway, coming back to the point, is that I followed all these guys. I watched my dad preach. I watched this guy preach. So now I'm thinking I've got to put that jacket on. I've got to do that thing. And I lose Jesus. I'm becoming a copy, not an original. And so I put that on. I go to my first town where I got to preach. It's Ali von Noort. This is and clip van niks and skopad vrek van doors. It's very far from here. Don't worry if you don't understand Afrikaans. It's just a town somewhere in South Africa. My friend's dad 
my friend's dad's the pastor there, so we get up, and we're going to preach now, and we get out, and, and uh, he preached the morning, I'm going to preach the evening, and, and so he preaches, well, it's good, people love it, so this guy, bring my Bible school students, so yeah, they're going to preach to us, and so I've got my sermon ready, I'm preaching five minutes, I'm finished, <laughs> got nothing more to say, and I'm realizing, <laughs> I'm going back to my Pentecostal roots, close your eyes, bow your heads. I feel God wants to do something right now. And so everybody closed their eyes and I see nobody's looking around. I look at the boss. I say, come. Take it. Preach. I'm done. He takes a mic. I sit down. The pastor does. He prays with the people. I feel like the like Lord take me home right now. I don't know if I'm called to ministry. This is done. This is heavy. I go home. I'm weeks of stuff. And in that time period, I'm at a small group, and the guys asked me, hey, why are you in Jobex? And I'm here for Bible school. And they said, oh, you're going to Bible school? What are, you, uh, what are you doing? And I can barely talk in the small group. And every bad word that's ever been said over my life, everything that's been ever said, like, you're not good enough to be a pastor. You're not this. You're not blah, blah, blah. All that stuff come flooding in because I've taken my eyes off Jesus. And then I got home and I was weeping. I was just lying in my room like, Lord, why am I in Bible school? Why is all this stuff? I'm like, I thought I'm called and all this. And I said, why are you trying to be somebody else, Sean? I called you. I'm a person. You're a person. We have a relationship. There's a relationship. There's intimacy. There's connection. He's not just a myth. He's a person. And, he's, and the scripture says that now through him, God is revealed. Through Jesus. There's no other door. It's Jesus. He's the door. Galatians 2 says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ. He's the one. So 2 Peter, one one of my favorite scriptures. I I just love this scripture. 2 Peter Two, I think it's two. Yeah. He says, no, Second Peter 1, sorry. He says, make grace and peace be multiplied to you through your knowledge of Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. The more I know him the more there's peace. The more I know Jesus, the more I have peace in my life. The problem is what we do is we want everything else to bring us peace. When it's the key is the more I know him, the more there's peace. The more I know him, the more there's grace. You want to find forgiveness? Know him. For others. When, when, I'm, when I'm struggling to forgive, I don't try and focus on that. I focus on Jesus. Because the more I have grace to forgive, I have peace. I grew up wanting to go to heaven as a kid because of the jacket. Pentecostal jacket was all about heaven one day. 
And so my desire was, I cannot wait to see Jesus face to face. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful heart. Listen, I'm not knocking that, but I'm really just saying, if that is, it's sincere. But I want to tell you today, it's not true. Because the closest I'll ever be to him is right now. Because I have the mind of Christ. I love my wife. And some of you have been, we've married shorter, some of you have longer years. You know, you love your wife, you love your husband. But there are days when you go like, Only God knows what's going on there. Why? You don't have each other's thoughts. You can have all the love in the world, but you don't know the thoughts. I cannot feel her love for me. It's my understanding of her love that I feel. Oh, I hope that got you there. It's, it, I cannot. I love you. It's words. It's what I understand and allow that grows what I believe she loves me. But when it comes to God, He's here. I can feel His love. I know his thoughts of me. I don't have to wait for heaven to know God. So he's going to get out of me and stand there and then tell me how much he loves me? When he's right in me, part of me, I have his mind, I'm one with him in spirit, I can connect with him. He's a person that has become a part of me. I know him. I know him, and he knows me. He knows me. Thank you, Jesus. Just right there where you're at, why don't you just close your eyes for a moment. Our lives are filled with so many different things. So many. Whether it's things we're praying for, whether it's things we've been desiring, whether it's the good, the bad, the the desire for more, the, the lack of strength to want more. So many things. But there's one thing we need. Only Jesus. And I believe the Holy Spirit is using things around us to strip away all the stuff that's been distracting us, strip away the stuff that's been carrying weight so there can only be Jesus in my life. Philippians 1, 6 says that what God started, He will finish. He started in your life. He started in your life. He's got a plan and a purpose with your life. But the plan and purpose does not replace him. The answer doesn't replace him. It's all Jesus. I want more of you, Lord. I want to know you more. More than yesterday. More than yesterday. More than this moment. 
need you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come and just move in this place. Lord, we don't want a successful church. I don't want a successful church. I don't want I don't want that Ephesus church. I want a church of those who are in love with you, Lord. Lovers of Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you. There's a few more moments before we finish. spirit that you really just speak into people's lives things I didn't even get time to say things that I didn't get time to reveal but reveal it from the spirit reveal it from the spirit today where we know you like never before pray that today in Jesus name amen I want to say one last thing what I do so many times with me my life when I'm studying the word or hearing people preach I put on the glasses of Jesus and so whatever is preached if Jesus is not revealed put it aside if majority of the sermon is first on the person put it aside I'm not knocking people I'm telling you today what has helped me to stay focused on the true gospel is put the things aside. I pray for that person. I don't knock that person. But if Jesus is not revealed in what I'm hearing, I want to know Jesus. I'm not talking about testimonies. Testimonies are powerful. It changes lives. I'm talking about sermons that are filled so much on what this person is here and this person there and that thing there and, and how this person is in a five-star hotel and they're doing this and they're doing that. And I'm like, what is Jesus in all of that? I want to know Jesus. If you sleep in a five-star hotel and the, somebody in their life might never, ever, they live in a shack there. There's people that we ministered to in India. They will, for their, their entire life, they will live on a slab and they will know Jesus. You know, as I found this, oh, I just feel this in the spirit right, right now. You know, here's the difference between the West and the East. The West says, I was poor, I was nothing, and I found Jesus. Now I'm wealthy. The East say, I was wealthy, I had a family, I had everything. Then I found Jesus, I am nothing, and I only fight for my life. It's a heck of a difference, yet it's the same gospel. Because it's a person. 
wanted the person. Couldn't care if you stay in a five-star if you fly first class. First class is wonderful. I've never been there. Apparently, these others that went with me, they all flew business class. And <laughs> just have to rub that in. <laughs> it's a longer story. <laughs> I'm letting let it go. Thank you, Jesus. Take my eyes to Jesus. Put it behind me. <laughs> but I knew Esther was my wife when she came back to the economy class. Are oh, you okay? You're at the back. And I'm like, Lord, there's a light. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> okay, focus, Sean, focus. It's that context that we're, that doesn't impress me. Shouldn't impress you too. Just because somebody knows you're, you know, when Nathaniel comes to Jesus, the disciple, when he comes to Jesus, Jesus, I saw you under a tree. Nathaniel says, you're the greatest. Jesus says, why do you marvel that I knew you under a tree? Rather marvel that your name's written in the book of life. So what if a prophet knows your name? Jesus knows my name too. <laughs> so what? I'm not, listen, I'm not, I, I need to knock that a little bit because we need to get a different view. Jesus is more important. Amen. He's more important. I couldn't care less about that. So what? You know my telephone number. Jesus knows the air on my head, even though there's few. <laughs> he knows, he knows my name, he knows my fingerprint, he knows me. That's more important to me. It carries more value. It has more life than that. Because it all leads to Jesus. It's easy to preach the gospel when you know the person. <laughs> when you're just a friend, I, I, I always say when you, when you, you go for coffee or you go for dinner or somewhere, you don't know people in that. Just a bride also. It's not, but when you go camping with those people, Sure. Traveling. When you see them, how they fall asleep and how they wake up, <laughs> you, you know people. <laughs> I can't know God by just spending nice moments with Him. I felt that in the Spirit. I got to know Him when it's really dark. I got to know Him in those moments when I don't feel like getting up. I got to know Him in those days because He's a person. He's God. He's with me. He'll never leave me. And He made He'll never leave me and never forsake me. I thank God for a great imagination because every time I wake up, my imagination's working. I see Him right there next to me. Hey, hey, boyki. We've got a day ahead. Let's go. <laughs> you don't have to have that kind of Jesus. My Jesus is always excited. He's an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> he walked on water. He barefoot skied, man. He didn't even need a surfboard. It's just sure. Okay. I'm losing it right now. It's that Percy thing coming. Can we just like, let's pray. Just stand with me. Let's pray. Let's stop before I, before I get lost. Father, I thank you for everyone in this place. I thank you that we know, we can know you. Lord, I, I feel this every single time in the last couple of weeks that I've had moments like this. Lord, I know that in this building, it's like a, it's like a volcano ready to erupt. I feel it in the spirit. There are people here in this place. You're ready to erupt. 
And the devil wants to come against that. And I want to tell you, take your eyes off the devil. Take your eyes off the things that want to come against you. Take your eyes off your money. Take your eyes off of everything else. Your budget, your finances, the lack of, the things that suddenly went dead. Come on, in this building, there are people that are called by God for higher heights. And this moment, is a, God says, there's a crushing. A grape has to end for wine to come. A grape has to end for wine to come. You cannot stay a grape and expect God to take you to higher heights. That grape has to be crushed. That grape has to be ripped apart. It has to take time and then wine comes out. One piece, a little bit of grapes aren't as much worth the worth of a bottle of wine. Much higher. Just feeling in the spirit, Lord, today I just release that over people today and just say, don't get stuck in the crushing. Look to what's coming. Don't get stuck in the crushing. Don't get stuck in this moment. There are calls you. Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Fall in love with him again. Spend time with him. Know Jesus, and he will show you the depths of who the Father is. The Holy Spirit will take you to depths you've never seen before, and things will never be the same again. I release it over this church today. Every calling in this place, every purpose that will birthed from you, Lord, I release that today in the name of Jesus. In the name, we, as we declared in the beginning of the day when we started singing, I speak Jesus. No wonder that song is so popular, Lord, because there is something connected to that. I declare over depression. I declare over anxiety. I declare over all these things today, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, over every shut door, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we declare life. I thank you, Lord, for what we're stepping into. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. 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 Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. Thank you for watching.